So for years, I've been subtly trying to point out to my kids how good I am at things. Like I make a point of lifting things that are just a little heavier than they can lift to show them how strong I am. I parallel park our tiny car in spaces fit for trucks and then point out how well I parked. Sometimes I'll use my phone to solve a math problem, then scrunch up my face and concentrate and say the answer out loud like I figured it out in my head. I am not ashamed of these things. But there comes a moment in every parent's life when their kids realize their parents aren't perfect. Sometimes it's gradually over time, or sometimes it hits in the single event. So, Ruby, I'm curious. I'm doing this podcast about plants, and I want people to know, would you say I'm good with plants? I mean, you're good at other things, soccer, tennis, (laughs) What about gardening? Not that much. (laughs) And my kids, Henry and Ruby, have figured it out sooner than I expected. Partially because of gardening. But I'm relishing this new dynamic because Ruby sees it as this opportunity to teach me everything about gardening. And Henry, who scurries away to build a fort any chance he gets, is coming up with lots of ideas for landscape design. And when we walk through our backyard together, sometimes I learn stuff from them, but I'm always learning stuff about them. The way they see the world, how they process big ideas, and also why we need to wear shoes when we're outside because there really are a lot of slugs in our garden right now, and I've heard a lot of descriptions of what they feel like under bare feet. Hey there, I'm Mungesh Shatigler, co-host of Part-Time Genius, one of the founders of Mental Floss, and this is Humans Growing Stuff, a collaboration from iHeartRadio and your friends at Miracle Grow. My goal is to make this the most human show about plants that you'll ever listen to. And along the way, we'll share sweet, inspiring stories, tips and tricks to nurture your plant addiction, and just enough science to make you sound like an expert. In this episode, we're talking about gardening as a family, how putting down our screens and spending just a little bit of time together each week tending to plants, how that encourages better mental health, strengthens relationships, and sparks curiosity. This week, it's me and all of my little roommates in the garden. Chapter 4. Families Growing Roots. Plant Roots. So Henry, I know you were inspired by the garden to read a poem, right? Yeah, I was very inspired, and I really want to read it. That sounds great. Why don't you do that now? And now, for another trip to Poetry Corner, this time with Henry. The Life of a Rabbit I love to roam the carrot patch. There's delicious food to eat. But right before I fill my mouth, a farmer chases me from my tree. One of the strangest parts of quarantine especially when it first struck here in New York, is that my family was always around each other. We were stuck in this apartment together, but we didn't have much we wanted to talk about. All day, the kids would be glued to their screens, trying to do classwork. My wife and I, too, were on our computers, just hiding behind closed doors in meetings and conference calls. And somewhere in this mess, we'd hustle together a lunch or figure out groceries. But 
So much of our worry was about keeping the family healthy. And in our fatigue, my wife and I were looking for something fun, something positive we could train our family's focus on. In a way, playing with plants this fall and getting dirty in the garden has given us that. In the last few weeks, we've started arguing about whose turn it is to miss the houseplants. Who knew misting plants was a thing? Or that it was so much fun? We dig together and talk about worms. We notice the different birds out back, something we never did before. And we talk about the plants, the ones that have grown and the ones that definitely have not. It's like we're rooting for the same team here, even when our team is losing. What's funny, though, is how this has seeped into my other conversations. When I was pestering Mr. Plant Geek, Michael Perry, about gardening and mental health, I also asked him how I could use plants to pique my kids' curiosity. And he told me about this dancing plant, the Codario Calyx motorius. It actually sways and bends when you sing to it. He also told me how you can plant an orchid upside down to defy gravity and it'll grow beautifully. So I've added those to my project list. But it wasn't just him. Baratunde talked about how tending to his plants made him think of his mother. Khadijah Williams told me all about how her family gardened together and how it brought them closer. So I want some of that. The other thing I know is that my kids love learning through experiences, and they learn better that way. I know gardens are basically classrooms if you treat them right, places where you can work on fine motor skills, but also pick up some science and love for the environment, and maybe even practice patience in this world of instant gratification. But what else might our family gain by getting our hands dirty once a week? I called up Shelly Casto for some answers. Shelly is the executive director of the Highland Youth Garden, this urban agriculture project that works with more than 300 students in the Highland neighborhood of Columbus, Ohio, and it gives them this hands-on learning experience in the garden. Hey, Shelly, thank you for being here. Hi, how are you, Mangas? I am so excited to be chatting with you. I want to start by just having you tell me a little bit about the Highland Youth Gardens and how it got its start. Absolutely. So we are a almost half acre urban agriculture project, aka farm, that was established 10 years ago by a group of volunteers in one of the most under-resourced neighborhoods in Columbus in partnership with Oakley Full Gospel Baptist Church, who wanted to offer children in that neighborhood an opportunity to learn about gardening and fresh produce. Would you mind walking me through what the garden looks like? So it is essentially half a block. We have an herb garden with lots of signs in Spanish and English to tell people what we've planted, to give a little education about the ecological aspects of the site. And it is planted with tomatoes. We often have strawberries in there and squash, rhubarb, beets, melon. It's also where we plant, create all of our seedlings that we give away to people in the spring Right now, it's filled with sunflowers where kids can just get in among all the sunflowers and feel like it's a little house. In fact, a girl I was working with yesterday was just so, she's like, I could just move in here and be <laughs> surrounded by nature. And, that, and that's, you know, that's exactly what we're looking for. We just yesterday dug up a bunch of sweet potatoes, found a snake. Um, that was a huge experience. Super cute little garden snake that was being very fierce. Uh Um, And most of the kids had not, you know, you don't see snakes in the middle of the city very often. Tell me, what what is your day-to-day like and and how much do you actually get to be with kids in the garden? 
Yeah, absolutely. I make sure I get out there once a week. And I was there yesterday and we had garden club with five neighborhood kids. We started out by chasing a monarch butterfly and then trying out curried sweet potato stew, which many of them had never had. And then we went and dug up the sweet potatoes themselves and found the garden snake <laughs> and then did some journaling. So it was a great afternoon. That sounds it, like it a full recharges. afternoon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It recharges me for sure. So what are some of the things you're observing as kids start growing in the garden for the first time? I'm seeing curiosity be piqued. You know, what is that worm doing in there? Oh my gosh, what's that butterfly there? Is it going to hurt me if I try to catch it? You know, that sort of direct curiosity with the world right around us in a very hands-on way is important. I'll also talk about a teenager who started with us a year ago and came to us with no knowledge of gardening or interest in, in, in gardening and was very shy. And at this point, she is the queen. She is, you know, when anybody comes to a tour, she is the one who's going to show them around. She knows absolutely everything about what's growing right now, what tasks are most needed at this moment. We had her present to our, our city council. She is now confident. She has expertise. She doesn't talk about being a farmer at all, but she has set up a greenhouse in her backyard. Oh, wow. You know, she has this knowledge base that is unusual for her peers. And she's celebrating herself for that and embracing it and, and growing because of it. I'm curious, are, are there any sort of um, success stories that you point to in this uh, youth garden that sort of keep you inspired or, or that you love to let the community know about? Absolutely. Um, a week ago, two weeks ago, there was a drug bust right next to the garden. And it was unannounced. It was in a duplex where the children on the other half of the duplex spend a lot of time with us in the garden. We know them well. So Wednesday, early evening, the folks in the garden heard loud banging and saw a black van pull up. They were setting off explosives. They were breaking the door. They were smoking them out. It was really scary for those children. So, you know, the next day they were able to come to the garden and escape from that and process their feelings about it with, uh, with us, with the volunteers and staff. If we hadn't been there, where would, where would that have gone? Especially right now where they're not going to school, nothing's open. So they're not getting to interact with other people. So it, it's hard to see how that need would have been met had we not been there. Yeah. That's wonderful. The, the space gives that, um, I am curious about family. How do you see gardening uh, and exposure to gardening affecting families and, and maybe even the communication they have within them? Sharing of skills between parents and children and vice versa, <laughs> children and parents, exploring and experimenting together, I think is so important in uh, forming those bonds between um, parents and children I think there's a real opportunity to do that with gardening in particular. Uh, I know I am by far the least experienced gardener among the whole crew at the garden. <laughs> and, uh, no, I mean, like, I, I'm, I have nightmares that they're going to look at my backyard. No, I, I, I have to confess, I, I, I looked at your uh, Instagram and saw that little vegetable patch you were sprouting up. And, yeah, yeah, it's a little sad. But I'm trying, I, you know, I know I'm that trying, feeling. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm trying. And that's, and that's the great thing. Like, uh, big deal. The only way you're going to learn is by trying, by doing. So I think that opportunity to, to do that together, I, I, I garden with my daughter and she's really into it. So yeah, for, for, for me too. I, I just look at it as this, almost this way to, um, to have conversations and root for the same thing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, and, and to discuss, oh, you know, that didn't really work. So what are we going to do next year? Yeah. Plan for that relationship in the future, you know? How do you, how do you talk about failure at the, the youth garden when a crop doesn't come up right or like the weather affects something? We talk about why and discuss what are the inputs or outputs that made that happen so that there's some science and learning there and then brush it off and say, well, this is what we're going to do next. You know, one thing that I really have been impressed about at the garden is that I was afraid that it would feel like you had to follow certain rules of best practice because there, there is a lot of expertise actually that's going into this garden, a a whole group of people who have earned master gardener certification. And so they really know what they're doing. But there is a a real openness to not redirecting people in a way that stifles their curiosity. And, you know, yesterday we, we, we literally destroyed the entire um, sweet potato patch and it looked terrible. (laughs) This morning I was like, oh my gosh, what's our farmer going to say? But I know she's going to be really chill with it because it's, it's just like, we're not doing it to have a perfect garden. We're doing it to, to have kids have the experience. Yeah. I love that. Do you find that the kids bond over gardening? Do you see friendships emerge in the garden from the programs you run? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this summer in particular, we had some friendships pop up among the teens that were seemed unlikely, uh-huh. <laughs> seemed like they might not click, but they did. Why is that? And, why why'd um, they seem unlikely? Really different backgrounds and experiences, uh-huh. but just the idea of working hard and complaining together about how hot it is (laughs) and like how much, you know, farming, it's really hard. It's a drag. I didn't know what I was going to get into here, you know, and oh my gosh, they want us to weed again, you know, didn't we just do that? So it forms a camaraderie. I think it's like, you're all in it together, you know, and it's hard work. So hard work can do that. I I am curious, like, as you've been in this, uh, this space, what are the lessons that you've seen the kids love the most? The picking things right off the, the branch and eating it right away, that is super popular. You know, the, the cherry tomatoes, the strawberries, just that direct, I'm going to grab it, I'm going to pop it in my mouth, you know, that is big. But also, you know, finding the worms and talking about what worms do. <laughs> that, was, that was a big, just a big point of conversation yesterday when we digging up the sweet potatoes. The worms were all the focus until we found the snake. And when they're picking these vegetables off or these these fruits, are they noticing the difference between like supermarket vegetables and these? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We actually do taste tests with them. So we'll buy, for instance, grocery store cherry tomatoes, bring them in and then have them harvest some and then have them decide which is better. <laughs> I'm guessing there's an overwhelming favorite. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, they really can tell the difference. There's no question. And, you know, it's so sad to give kids produce that doesn't taste the way it should because then that implants in their mind, well, I don't really like cherry tomatoes. But to give them a first experience of what it's supposed to be like, then they look for that. 
and, and appreciate it and value it and are more, more open to different kinds of foods. Yeah, I'm sure it's eye-opening. Well, are, are there any vegetables that you're surprised they like? Yeah, no question. Kale, apparently kale wraps were a big thing what? this last fall. <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy, but you know, we would, we would take kale over to the the elementary school and have kids make veggie wraps with them and they they like it that way but you know it's picked that day so it's super fresh that is so sweet so i i think we have you know a, a number of listeners out there who are probably inspired by your story and, and the story of this garden how would you ask them to to help we have an incredibly beautiful website <laughs> that was not designed by me, but by one of our board members and volunteers, you know, so they are welcome to come check things out. We have a wish list. People can volunteer if they're in Columbus. But I think the bigger, bigger question is we all need our communities in this country to turn their attention to our food system. Look at how much it fell apart during this pandemic. Turning your attention to your own backyard, learning how to to grow yourself and be a little more self-sufficient, support your farmer's market, look for those community gardens to spring up and get out there and get your hands dirty and participate. It's really essential, I think, as we move into the next uh, 50 years that we all reconnect with how food has grown and get more directly involved. I, I couldn't agree more. Humans Growing Stuff will be right back after a short break. In first grade, I entered an invention contest. I took a glow-in-the-dark triangle and I glued it to the flap where you open your tent and I figured that way, if you had to run outside to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, you'd see that flap and be able to open the zip quickly. And I was so proud of this thing. But when it came time to vote for the best class invention... I lost to a girl who invented a lollipop bush. Her idea was that you could plant a seed and this bush would grow lollipops, and no one knew how it worked, but she brought in a small shrub with lollipops stuck inside it, and everyone voted for it, including me. It was a superior idea, and we all wanted lollipops. The truth is, kids have the best ideas. Sometimes they're impractical, sometimes they're irrational, but often mixed into that ridiculousness is this wonderful wisdom and room for possibility and also joy that I really need right now. So I sent out my fifth grader Henry and my producer Molly to talk to a few kid gardeners about what they love about gardening and what's the best way to get started. Hi AJ, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So I took my dad's mic and I'm hiding in my closet and I took over his gardening podcast. (laughs) Question number one. AJ, we have a gardening class in our school and you are the only person who listens. What do you like about gardening? I really just care about plants and it's fun to be outside and doing, like, planting flowers and seeds. And it's just, like, fun to do because you're, like, helping the world and you're, like, helping yourself just, like, get some time, just relieve from, like, stress with, like, schoolwork and all that. It's a good place to just settle and, like, calm down. It's also a good place to play hide and seek. <laughs> so what do you, when you think of a garden, what do you think of it? When I think of a garden, I just think of, like, something beautiful. 
flowers and, you know, all these types of plants, you'll notice that it's a really beautiful thing to have in this world. And we we don't know where we would be if we didn't have that. You are right. My name is Leonardo. My age is 10 and I live in Texas. Tell me how you got into gardening. How did it all start? I got into gardening because my mom wanted an herb garden to put in her food so she didn't have to buy it. So we got a few basic herbs like basil and other herbs and started growing them. And me being the lazy person as usual did not water them. Later, I got I got into cooking because women are usually the ones cooking at home and I want to change that because that's kind of stupid. It's called being sexist. And that's when I started to fall in love with the herbs because they can produce uh, stacks on stacks on stacks of herbs that I can use in my food so that it tastes better for free. If you had to like sum it up, what do you love most about gardening? It's really the harvesting that makes it that makes it good because, you know, you, you I mean, like you get stuff from it. It's, it's just a reward after how long you've waited because plants take time to grow. Plants take a lot of time to grow. They take their sweet time. Hi, I'm Reagan, and I'm four years old. What's your favorite plant to grow and to take care of? Cucumbers. Yeah, why are they your favorite? Because they're really yummy. Yeah. If there was one vegetable that you would not want to grow, that you would want to take out of the garden, which vegetable would it be? Tomato. I don't like tomatoes. Oh, tomatoes are my favorite, Reagan. I like tomatoes when I'm bigger. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you while you're gardening? The birds eating my plants. (laughs) The birds eat your plants? Do they have a favorite plant to eat? Mm -hmm. Which one? Cucumbers. They like cucumbers too? Mm -hmm. Do you think planting and gardening is good for the earth? Yes. Yeah, why? Because it's good. Great answer. Great answer. Do you sing to your plants, Leo? Mm, I'm thinking of doing that. Yeah? I feel like they'll grow better because they're happy. Oh, nice. Yeah. They actually like you. What would you, can you give me a little, like, what would you sing to them? Maybe like children lullabies or something. Can you give me a little taste? Like imagine I'm a plant. Will you sing to me? Green under the moon. Oh, how beautiful and shiny are you? Bathing under the sunlight. Bathing under the moonlight. Oh, how green and tasty are you? Hey everyone, here are four simple tips to getting your kids in the garden and getting them to love it. Give them their own space. Choose a little plot of garden that's not too small and just let them dig in. Let them see what it feels like to have their own little plot to weed and tend to. Get them kid-sized tools. When they have their very own set of tools, they're gonna wanna use them. And they'll feel more invested in getting out there each week and caring for the plants. Also, using tools that fit more comfortably in their smaller hands will make tasks a lot easier for them. And it's pretty adorable. Three. Brag. Show them how proud you are. Take photos, use positive words of encouragement, and use what they're growing in your cooking. Four. 
Let them choose what they want to grow. Maybe it's a pizza garden where they think about all of their favorite toppings, or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's all of their favorite flowers. But a pro tip here, try to steer them towards plants that grow a little faster, like radishes or loose leaf lettuce, or even sunflowers, which can sprout up within seven days and can grow up to two feet in a month. When the days are long and we've each been looking at our own screens, the easiest thing for us to do as a family has been to sit on a couch and just focus on one screen. We watch baking shows and travel shows and sometimes old movies. Things that are feel-good and often vaguely educational. But early into the pandemic, we tried to move away from that. We used to do a mocktail hour And so every day at 6 p.m., we'd break and blend things with ice and then toast and sip together. But sometime around June, we lost steam. I ordered a bunch of kits online, these cardboard pinball machines you could assemble. And we spent one glorious rainy afternoon doing just that. The kids loved it. But now those pinball machines just kind of sit stacked in a corner. Gardening, though, that's been different. There's always something to do and learn. Sometimes it's moving plants around or just turning them to face the sun. Sometimes it's taking a pair of scissors and learning that you can cut a stem and grow a whole new plant. Sometimes it's just planning for what we hope will happen, knowing that only some of our gardening ambitions will actually come to be. There are lots of studies about the positive effects gardening has, especially on children. We heard some of it from Shelley, but kids who grow their own food are more likely to eat fresh fruits and vegetables, and they express a preference for those foods. Kids in schools where gardening is part of the curriculum do better on science tests. Kids who spend time in outdoor gardens show improved attitudes in the classroom. And gardens help kids form a deeper relationship with plants and trees, all of which gives them an increased desire to take care of the environment. This is from studies that have been taking place for the last 20 years, and the evidence is really overwhelming. But for my part, I've realized that gardening as a family has really brought us together. My kids are curious, so they're always asking questions, a few of which I can answer and many that I can't. But that's great, too, because it gives us a chance to look things up together. But more than that, there's a quiet comfort that comes from being in the yard. Every parent has their own struggles, their own things that they're trying to help their kids work through. For some, it may be talking through how to respond to bullies or instilling pride for their culture, even as they face a world that doesn't understand and tells them to hide their differences. For me, one of my children doesn't want to be defined by their gender. They don't want to defend themselves every time they go to the bathroom or explain over and over through a day who they are. And it's hard to watch your kiddo go out into the world and constantly have to stand up for themselves. But in the garden, it's a place you can just be. Everyone is welcome among the basil and the sunflowers. You don't have to identify as anything or explain your gender or race or religion to anyone. The plants don't care about that. You can just dig a little and pour some water, hopefully not too much, and wait. 
You can make bad jokes and laugh and get dirty. It's a place for all of us to slow down and focus on caring. Because when you think about it, that's all these plants are asking of us. To come as you are, pay attention to the world sprouting around you, and spend some time caring for another living thing. And every once in a while, sing. Green under the moon. Oh, how beautiful and shiny are you. Bathing under the sunlight. Bathing under the moonlight. Oh, how green and tasty are you. That's it for today's episode. Don't forget, whether you're a beginner like me, a pro trying something new, or someone in between enjoying your community garden, there are incredible resources waiting for you on the Miracle Grow website. Next time on our show, we'll focus on the underrepresented gardeners, those who've always been getting their hands dirty, but aren't always a part of the narrative. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And we want to hear from you. What are your inspiring plant stories and relatable struggles and growing questions? Tag us in your post or tweet using the hashtag humansgrowingstuff. And you may just hear your story featured on an upcoming episode. Humans Growing Stuff is a collaboration from iHeartRadio and your friends at miracle Grow. Our show is written and produced by Molly Sosha and me, Mungesh Tigler, in partnership with Ryan Ovedia, Daniel Ainsworth, Haley Erickson, and Garrett Shannon of Banter. Till next time, thanks so much for listening. 